Well, it's the first ever immersion tour. We have never toured before as immersion anywhere ever. If you look on the immersion website, at the bottom of the page, there's a kind of link to the past gigs. There's like 1988, there's like one show and 2001 show and then 2015, like four shows and 2017, like seven shows. And then suddenly it was this year. It's amazing. It's been this, this has been, it's been a sort of massive punt, but it's, it's turned out to, it's like a road trip with gigs. That's what it's been like. Why was it different this time? Why, after all these years, did you decide to lean into it? When you start playing live, you want a tour. How did that come about in the first place? Obviously, you guys have been playing off and on in, in this form before. Yeah. So how did it transform into a live band? Mainly because technology sort of allowed us to realize it live, to think, yeah, we can do it. It's been 18 years or something like well, that since the last we did record? The first album was nine, came out in 94. It was the kind of backbone of Swim through the late 90s. I mean, there was all the remixes, and then some of the remixes became Swim artists, and the whole thing spun off on a life of its own. And we kind of took it to its kind of logical conclusion with Low Impact, which is the kind of the most abstract immersion album. And then, I don't know, just stuff happened. I mean, the, the whole way, the way the decade changed the millennial cusp suddenly all became about rock music and guitars and drums and stuff like that and we just felt that you know immersion didn't really fit with that anymore we heard more kind of electronic music and we thought we belong in the same world i mean obviously wire happened again around the, the millennial cusp mm. that was when it started again wire, wire then, keeps happening it seems like yeah and then there was then we did get head through quite a lot of the last decade that was quite a big thing it did tour not that much but it did tour and then we got to this kind of thing get had kind of fell apart around 2014 when we moved to brighton and we just started to think about we wanted to do something i mean malka did a solo album in 2012 and we had a band that supported that but it was an impossible group it was two people who live in tel aviv one person who lives in berlin and us you can't do a gig for 50 quid in the local pub you know with that kind of lineup you know it's just not possible to just you know so you can only do special things that means you can't play very often and it's bloody bloody blah so being a couple makes it very compact and easy to especially touring we can share a room we just the two of us we try and not have too much gear with us so it's quite compact <laughs> yeah we wanted to we just thought that if we could have something that was just us and we could do things with it and it's just obvious that we should go back to doing immersion and you know as Malka said we started to feel there could be a place for that I mean perhaps not going back to the very abstract immersion of the late 90s but they're somehow informed by other the way that dance music electronic music what happened in the last decade to it was it became very impure in kind of an interesting way i mean in the 90s dance music was quite you can if you know the history of dance music you know by a drum beat by the use of an instrument what kind of music what style it is you know what's the difference between techno and electro and house you know this they're, they're defined by very simple and obvious elements if you know what those elements are. How much are these external forces, how much are these sort of cultural trends really influencing you? Obviously, to some degree, it's whether or not it's economically feasible to do this, right? Whether are people interested in it enough to, you know, come out or to buy a record? I think I think it was to do... How did we get back to doing it? So I think what because what happened with kind of electronic music just became every music. So the kind of production, the way that you would produce a wire record is no different to how you would produce any other kind of music. So it seemed like you could just take 
more obviously electronic elements and then just make but it's not even that it's just it's, it's so organic immersion is completely organic it's just kind of what we feel like really to be really honest i think it's quite hard to place it style wise i mean it's electronic but you know talking about electro or house or oh techno. it doesn't fit with any of that no stuff. So the through line is just this is the music that the two of you produce when you're together alone. Well, it's one of the music we produce, <laughs> but it's, it's the purest form, I would say, of the two of us. Nobody sings, so it's got kind of freedom to just play. How essential to your relationship has this process of creating music? Were the two of you collaborating prior to becoming a, an item, as they say? Uh, no, we were an item. Well, we became an item. Well, that's kind of slightly complex because I was <laughs> I was producing her band when we fell in love. Mm. I, in fact, I hadn't even started producing them when, when we fell in love, but that's a, that's it a different... That's a, yeah, yeah, it just... Well, it once was, we got together, we very quickly played together music. It was kind of obvious. I mean, with Minimal Compact, when they lived in Chaussée de Vlerga in Brussels and it had a kind of big rambling it was upstairs sort of flat apartment over three or four floors and right in the top floor they had a room where they had an eight track and a mixing board and they would just record all the time Michael was kind of used to that environment so the first thing we bought as a couple was an eight track and a mixing board Michael was used to having the means to make music at home it was something I'd never had we didn't buy a washing machine not th- not then we bought an eight track and a mixing board and started making music more or less straight away so it sounds like it was almost the music making process from the beginning was pretty effortless between the two of you yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Which is fun because when you're in bands, as much as you love the bands and the people you're with, there's always ego problems and you feel like you're held back in some ways or you can't say or you have an opinion about everything. There's got to be a little bit of competition between the two of you. you don't competition, feel that no, but we might argue about how yeah. something might be mixed or an element that I think, oh, it doesn't work. And he, Colin thinks it works. But competition? We have chosen each other as life partners. I don't want to make, I don't want to make that sound too dramatic, but you can't, you can't have those kind of interband yeah. fights. I mean, you can have competition. Let's say if he's in wire and I'm in minimal, then there might be some kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Is there? But if you're making music together, especially immersion, it's very, I mean, it's fun. It's free and it's kind of real because of I've always said that the quickest way to test a relationship is to move in with somebody. I suspect having never been in a touring band that the touring process is that times 100, right? It's it's that, but really just in sort of really, really tight quarters. Yeah, it's a big test. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a bit like family where... You might not, sometimes you can't stand someone in your band, but you, you kind of stuck together. <laughs> it's like a family, you don't choose your family. How many hours a day or how many hours a week are the two of you, you know, sitting down and collaborating and producing music? <laughs> you gave me a little sneer as I asked no, that No, no, it's hard. It's hard because basically, I mean, I run Pink Flag, which is Wire's yeah. label. I spent the first six months of this year working on the Wire re-releases. I mean, I didn't get in the studio at all, hardly. If there's an immersion album we work on will work a lot but then if you know we're doing some other things then we're not gonna work for a few weeks or months even i think we have to be focused i think that the idea of going in the studio every day and trying to come up with something that must be like terrifying is that where most of the actual creation is happening in the studio itself or that the two of you don't sit around and play around with instruments no you want it recorded why yeah. play around and not record so yeah you play and record i mean we all have recording studios on our we, have, we do actually have a studio i mean it's a home studio but it's still a studio it's a dedicated space which is only 
for making and, and that studio has existed I mean the first was when we lived in two places in Brussels and then when we moved to London we had it and now we have it in Brighton and it's that studio has just developed and you know we've go as far as investing in soundproofing and making a space that works sonically so that you can mix in there you know so it's like a it, it's a proper working studio but it's obviously not open to the general public it's just for us to work in and whoever we choose to work with we do like to collaborate with other people yeah that's part of the immersion thing obviously we're touring with Matt Schultz from Holy Fuck so we came back to immersion in 2015 like who's going to remember that we made our last album in 1999 we didn't start from a point of view like anybody would know anything about it at all that we had a ready-made audience we'd have to create an audience so we had the feeling that the best thing to do is start from home so make an audience in Brighton so we started a series of evenings under the title Nano Cluster Nano Cluster is an event it's a, you would call it a club night but I mean club night means to some people like kind of people dancing and stuff it's it's a, it's an event which has been for the last three times held in one particular venue in Brighton what it basically is is there are four half hour slots the first one is always an opener and then immersion will play for half an hour and then a guest of our choosing will play for half an hour and then the last half hour is us and the guest playing together but that's not jamming we've spent hopefully a week or a couple of weeks preparing stuff remotely and then two or three days rehearsing to get that half an hour so that audience is going to get something totally unique completely new material that's been devised by us and our guest did you find that as suspected that you really did sort of have to start from scratch all over again i mean just doing this tour we feel like a young band you know we're not kind of spoiled about how much hard work it is or which clubs and how we treat it we have quite low expectations realistically as i said at the beginning this tour has been a massive punt seeing if a little bit of having a new album which is getting really good responses and the amount of promotion that we are able to do and generate around it it can generate any any audience at all for it and we've discovered it does create an audience it's not a huge audience but there are people coming but the thing which is the most interesting is the strength of their reactions i mean how much people really like it we completely had no idea whether anyone would just think it's just like oh yeah you know people coming up thinking who are kind of wire fans or minimal compact fans or something like that and thinking yeah well it's not the same thing we are in our own weird way trying to develop our own audience i mean it's the only thing you can do it has to be doubly hard i was i was actually talking to caroline who works with you as a publicist and asking her whether you know was that much more difficult to promote something that was instrumental right i mean that's i suspect the thing that might be hardest for fans to make the transition to well we have audience that know uh previous whatever we do uh it feels like they open to it and enjoy it but sure i mean music without vocals is more difficult yeah i guess i don't know i mean i i don't for me i, I kind of like the purity of it you know i think if we started to stick vocals on it then it would become something sure. else i mean there would be a more commercial direction to take if we wanted it wouldn't be hard to no. do but um at the moment i mean malco's thinking well if we want to if we want to take a more commercial direction that would be mm. a thing to do but like as soon as i open my mouth on a record first line of the review will mention pink flag and the next line will compare anything 
anything that is negatively with wire. It doesn't really matter. Remember when we started GitHead, it was just all talking. I only talk. People still, I can't, you know, for me, it just seems like it's a massive trap. I suspect it could be frustrating, though, you know, knowing that the two of you could play in, you know, the forms of your, your past bands and have that built-in audience. Is it, is, it, is it frustrating at all once you're starting over again to just to have to really sort of start from scratch? Not really. I mean, of course you want audience, but you want to be kind of liked for what you do. And if it means building from the bottom up, then so be it. You need the years of kind of playing and releasing albums to, for things to happen. I don't know. It's, uh, again, we, ca- we came to it with zero expectation and we appeared to be developing a small audience. Some pretty out-of-the-way places, people actually turned up to see a show and thought it was great. So then the next stage, I guess, is to kind of take that back to the UK. At the moment, we've played more times in Brighton than anywhere else. I mean, our, our Nanocluster nights have now become very popular in, in a, to a small and dedicated audience. So we have, we have a scene. We've built a scene in Brighton for immersion. People do know who it is and, and what, what we're doing. And I think that's, you know, to, div, to develop out from there is, must be the strategy. I mean, you have to start somewhere. Maybe traveling wasn't, you know, as easy as it was when you were younger, just sort of like getting out, spending that much time on the road. I mean, obviously at some point time becomes finite. You only have so much more time left on earth to continue to, to create music. I mean, as long as it feels okay. And actually our son is grown up, so we're free. We can do what we like and we're having fun. I mean, I thought it's going to be hard, but I don't find it hard. That might almost be a motivator, this idea that like maybe we can't really do this forever, so let's really sort of commit to this project. I and mean, is that part of what drove this? To an extent, but I don't think we really, I don't think we, I think we think about it in a much more maybe naive way. It's just like if you do something good, it's like a field of dreams, you know, if you build it, then they'll come. Maybe they won't, I don't know. But I'm mean, just, first of all, you have to make it as good as you can, po- as it can be, possibly be. Like it's no good. No, uh, definitely people of our age producing substandard work which is a pale reflection of what they are supposed to have done in their youth is really just pointless entirely pointless try and repeat something you were successful with in order to keep being successful I mean, I'd rather not do anything than do that. You had mentioned the reissues before, and you specifically have never struck me as being a particularly nostalgic person, but you do kind of have to live with your feet on both sides of the fence. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting... I, I, I couldn't... I mean, I, the, the way I explained it to our distribution, because we have the same distributor for Swim and Pink Flag, was I really wanted to get this Immersion album out this year in spite of the fact that the Y releases were happening, because as an artist... It was really, really important. For me, it's important that proud of what's gone in the past, spent a really a lot, put a lot of effort into those re-releases. I mean, especially the, the special editions. I mean, that was a lot of work. I, I personally put a lot of work into that. But on the other side, it's great, but I don't live there anymore. It's the past. It's somewhere. The past is, is a very familiar country you can no longer visit or be in. It's just like that belongs over there. And that's absolutely fine. This is what I'm doing now. I do other things besides this, but this is actually pretty important to me. It, because it's us. It's because it's Malka and I. I mean, we're doing it together, you know. Well, that's... Because, because it's good. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's good, yeah. I've been in New York for probably 13, 14 years now. And when I first moved out here, I was in you know, living in squalor as as you do when you first move to a new place. And I, I found myself getting becoming romantic about that terrible time. And that's that's a thing that you risk, I think, when you live in the past is it becomes easy to overly romanticize things. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but I have some kind of attachment to 
not being spoiled or thinking, well, it's beneath me. I like that the feeling of working hard and being doing the real work rather than somebody is doing for you because you've done it already. And so, yeah, it's kind of romanticizing as well, but I know what you mean. You touched on this a little bit before. It's not that common for people past a, the age of, I don't know, 30 to really like continue to be able to do this for a living, to continue to be able to tour and to get people out. So if you can sort of like take a step outside, you can become appreciative of like the fact that, you know, you're still able to do this at this point in your life. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also fun. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, you can be even, I, I think you don't really need to tie yourself up in knots about it. It was a simple thought. Okay. You know, how do we get an audience? Let's play some gigs. Yeah. Okay. The, the logistic of it was simply that when we did last year Drill LA and the series of uh, shows that Wire did in two parts, we got three year visas. And because Immersion played Drill LA, Malka got three year visa as well. So we have three years, three year visas. Mm. That times a lot of things. That even times the release time of the next Wire album. Yeah. And I said to Botch, who's our, our agent, if Immersion is ever going to tour America, we should do it now because we've got the visa. At least we don't have to pay for the visas. We've got the visas already. So that's one cost. We don't, so we, you know, price out the flights, see if we can get around and do this without losing a heap of money. There's nothing like playing lots of gigs to improve and develop what you're doing and it's something i really miss like touring long tours where you start only yesterday which was almost a month after the beginning of the tour i started to feel like yeah it's coming together in a good way <laughs> unfortunately tonight is the last yeah yeah but uh, it does work like that you need to play a lot to kind of get the feel of it get the feel of the audience and subtly change what you do you're obviously both very tired as you Colin, as you had mentioned before we started recording you think you you know got in around 4 a.m last night but you seem incredibly happy and excited to be here a little bit melancholy with the fact that it's coming to an end i suspect that maybe that means that it's not going to be another 18 years before the next diversion record comes out actually the next thing but what's happening with the whole nanocluster thing is every time we work with somebody so far we've worked with orish Nels, letitia sadier and tarwater those things get recorded in the studio so actually probably the next thing that we'll do will be a nanocluster record and then there'll probably be another immersion record after that unless we decide we're doing another immersion record before that let's see how the nanocluster thing turns out because we were thinking of having we might have a nanocluster festival that was a joke I thought it's not a joke no it's not Andy was Andy was well well convinced that's going to work this is a really good problem to have to have too many potential musical projects going around Um, I think I think the thing is is it's it's all about association is immersion going to be that bloke out of wire and his wife or depends on where you are that woman out of minimal compact and her husband or is it going to be oh yeah they've worked with those people and they've done that and they've done that and that's that's oh yeah they're also in those other things and see how it touches other artists well, in other going places beyond that place is doing more and more things and being recognized for yeah. being emotion 
being recognized for being emotional. For this to happen, we have to do more. But <laughs> yeah, another tour in America, I don't know. <laughs> uh, not, not, not I, pretty well. much every promoter said we'd have you back any time. And some of those audiences were pretty small. So I think that's to do with the quality of it. I mean, those people are going to be going away and saying to their friends and their relatives or whatever, you know, that was, we saw a fantastic show. And, and hopefully the world will get around. But, you know, we can only do it if we'd have just put the album out we'd have got a few great reviews and then the people who heard it had heard it you know this is a way by continuing activity by doing different things by making those associations it's a way in which people can say oh yeah that's who immersion are and it makes it much more real playing yeah. it live in front of people you've both had long careers and in the time it seems like there's never you know been a particularly long stretch in which you weren't actively making music it's pretty much been an unbroken well, concept. I mean, when our son was born, I probably didn't... A few months, I didn't... A few months, though, in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, it's pretty short. Maybe a year, I don't know how long. I don't really know. I don't know, it just seems... It's part of what you it's, do. It's yeah. part of our lives. Yeah, it's part of our life. Is there a sense, you know, if, if, if this particular project hadn't had the positive critical reception that it had and hadn't enabled you to tour across the country that, you know, you would still, even if you were just continuing to play those or those smaller clubs that you were at the beginning, that you would still be collaborating in this form? I don't know. I mean, we try, as I said, we tried various things. I mean, we did, would we go back and do Malka, more Malka solo albums will be doing I mean Malka even said to me like a year ago you should do another Colin solo record and I was like I don't know I haven't got concept for it you have to be realistic you know when I was in a band and released albums you sold a lot you had lots of gigs it came very easy and I know it's hard now unless you're a really big name it's hard for most people so you have to be kind of realistic about it and not give up. <laughs> so you're obviously still having fun doing this. What, what is the most sort of purely enjoyable part of the process for you? I mean, actually, strangely enough, there's the the driving. Some of the drives have been amazing. Also, the gigs. I've been really enjoying the gigs. Yeah. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed a lot of them. You know, I don't get to, to. You know, I just think. You know, it's quite some of the stuff I have to do is quite complex, and I just kind of like I just have a logical sequence and I go through and do the things I need to do and in a certain way. We don't really have to perform that much, and I don't have to front it, which is a great relief for me. So I don't know. I mean, but also the making of the music, making new pieces. Yeah. When when a piece starts and then when it comes together and then when it gets mixed, it's all a joy. It's all it's all fantastic, you know, fantastic fun. Matt Schultz who plays the drums and the way it fits together, it's kind of magical. I really enjoy playing yeah. with other people. I mean, we see we've seen Holy Fuck loads of times, you know, we're and we know fans. Matt's a great drummer and he's and you know he can play on top of machines very well. So I mean, he was he was obviously a good choice i mean we've also worked in the past with ronald lippock from um tarwater who is also a great drummer who can play on top of machines i mean it's one of those it's a skill and they're very different kind of people I was reading an interview there earlier and and you said something along the lines of you know as you get older you kind of have more to prove in terms of you know people sort of like taking you seriously or coming out to the shows like you almost have to push a little bit harder on that yeah there's always this uh, there's kind of basic ageism it's the un the unspoken ism this band changes the math on that a little bit right i mean it's a, just a different performance style i think i think just you know we are what we are i think we do have to find a way to certainly get to uh, an audience who are in their 20s and 30s yeah. i mean that that's because those are the people who come out to be to be frank and brutal 20s 30s and 40s really is what is the audience that you want you, you can't if we bring an audience our age then there's going to be five people in the audience every night you know that's the same with why it's exactly the same mm-hmm. 
There you go. That was Malk Spiegel and Colin Newman of Immersion and Minimal Compact and Wire. Their latest record, Sleepless, is out now. Thanks so much to them for taking the time to do that. Thanks to Caroline for helping set up that conversation. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, there are a number of ways to support us. You can uh, rate and review us on iTunes or Google Podcasts. We are on Spotify now. Like us on Facebook. If you have any feedback, it's rwellcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rwellcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to get all your RIYL-related information. And uh, I think that's about all we got for this week, so stick around because we are going to be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL. <laughs>